Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This week is Fun Drive here at CITR, which means that we are looking to raise money for the station to keep our show and all the other great programming here going. If you have the means to do so and want to help give us the opportunity to continue to do what we do and cover UBC athletics, then you can go to citr.ca slash donate. Any amount you can give is greatly appreciated. For today's show, we have a very special segment as the whole collective and a certain important guest came together to look back at the history of CITR Sports and Thunderbird Eye. Let's just get right into it. This is Jake McGrail, and alongside me right now is the rest of the sports collective, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, Mike Liu, Diana Hong, and Alan and Byron Wang. Since it's Fun Drive, we decided to all come together for this show, and it felt right to bring in someone special to join us. So with us here today is none other than UBC grad and the former fearless leader of the collective, Jacob Ayer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I hope uh, you all can hear me through the Zoom. You know, left in pretty strange circumstances. I'm back in pretty strange circumstances. It feels right. <laughs> and uh, given that fun drive is all about helping CITR, having everyone here gives us the opportunity to look back at the history of the sports collective and our experiences with it. Jacob, you were at the station before all of us. How did you get involved with uh, CITR in the first place? Well, back in my first year, which was 2016, I, uh, I was looking to continue with uh, new stuff. I, had, I was with a newspaper in high school, and I was hoping to pick up with sports and news in general. And I got put in touch with uh, CITR when I first did my campus tour. was interested, went back, and I ended up meeting, oh, gosh, the previous... There was this guy named Ola, who was like two sports broadcasters. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like two before. And the guy before me, honestly, I can't remember his name. Nice guy. But he let me basically tag along. And I did some color commentary for basketball, volleyball, and uh, hockey that year. And I tracked a lot of stats on the sidelines, which is now I know something that, well, when sports were playing, we used to do. So that's kind of how I got involved. And then the following year, he ended up having to leave and he, he kind of said, hey, if you want this, go for it, interview. Because I interviewed my first year, did not get it. I was really ambitious, um, but I came back and, and I ended up getting it the second year and here we all are now. How did you go about forming the new uh, sports collective at the start of your second year? So basically I realized that I was the only volunteer when I was in my first year. Um, and then once I re-interviewed my second year, because I didn't get it my first first go, uh, and I was hired, I realized the first thing, I'm going to need a lot of help. Uh, it was actually really difficult because the people who used to previously broadcast not only left, but they left no transition in terms of like telling me what I needed to do. And the person who used to play-by-play broadcast took the equipment and left. So there was a big vacancy where I had to not only fill the sports uh broadcast coordinator role but I had to become play-by-play voice within weeks so I kind of trained myself off YouTube videos for a while and I started putting up flyers all around um, trying to get people interested and I feel like I met Jake did we meet at a game no I remember like I I think I emailed you first because I knew I wanted to be part of CIT before I got to UBC 
So it was yeah, like you and, and me and Eric all met each other at CITR, and that was like it at the start. That's right. And we started kind of getting flyers up. Liz, I know I did meet at a game. It was one of the first games we were broadcasting at. And she joined after Jake and Eric did a couple weeks later. Um, and then I just I kept pushing, you know, diversifying the collective, diversifying the voices we got on air, um, working on expanding our content. And uh, through a lot of that effort, I think just word kind of got out. We were at a lot of games. We tried to make a bit of noise around and always, I at least tried to always get the CITR sports name out there. And I think people started hearing about it through friends. Yeah, it was very, very humble beginnings with just me and you and Eric. And the first show was just you and Eric. And I have the little intro from the first show. Oh, God. We can share with you. This is probably not good. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Jacob Eric, coming alongside Eric here today. And we are bringing you guys the Thunderbird Eye. Uh, you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. Um, and we are on the Point Grey campus of UBC on the traditional <laughs> unceded Musqueam territory. Um, and we'll be keeping you guys up to date on the latest UBC sports news, standings, and score lines. Beautiful. That, that was, that was, that was the, It's the very first episode of Thunderbird Eye. That's where it all began. That's November 2017. Wow. I'm glad I don't sound like that anymore when I'm on air, <laughs> or else I would not have got my current job. <laughs> That's some ASMR right there. Yeah, I know, right? It sounded like I was kind of whispering. What was I doing? Oh, God. Yeah. I, I remember uh, I, I, thanks, helped, Jay. I, I helped write for that episode, and then I came on the second episode. And don't don't worry, I've, I've clips from everyone here. Well, be good, because care. you probably, I mean, you probably helped me get a lot better without you. I would have kept sounding like that. Hang on, here, here's, here's mine from the second episode. So in basketball news, it was a bit of a tough weekend, especially for the men who were uh, blown out twice by the Calgary Dinos, which dropped them to two and two in Canada West play. That that was where that was where I began. <laughs> and I know we started workshopping how it actually wanted to sound like within a couple episodes, because at first we were like, should we go like more direct, kind of like newsy news, you know, to the point, stay serious, and we're like. We should actually have it be fun. And I, I, I think as we progressed, like, that fourth, fifth, sixth week, we really started getting a flow, me, you, and Eric. Then Liz came on, I think, uh, starting in January, she was on air yeah. in her first year. Yeah. And it started working so much better at that point. Yeah, I started with, like, a one-and-a-half-minute monologue. Didn't even introduce myself. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. God, I sounded like a bum. So, Jacob, when the show and the collective began, what were your initial goals for it? It's a good question. Um, I think when I first started out, I wanted my my real first priority was seeing what everyone who was joined in the collective at that point wanted to do. I was really open to all suggestions, as I didn't want to have to do it all by myself. I wanted it to be, uh, you know, a team effort, and I think that's still something that the CITR Sports Collective stands for today. I don't think it's any one person. I mean without every person chipping in, it wouldn't be as quality as it is. So uh, Eric and Jake and I were really talking about, like I was saying, what we wanted the episodes to sound like. We ended up going with a more casual tone, but kind of, I think we were basing off of like a, not part of my take, but like certain sports center kind of ideas. And then we realized, okay, we also want to like do in-depth 
uh, profiles and, and interviews with some of the amazing athletes at UBC. So as we went on, we kind of had to do the, the simulcast with the broadcast on air. We started out with just kind of giving the news stories. But I think where CITR Sports really shines is in those interviews with some of the amazing athletes on UBC campus. And so would you say at this point you've accomplished those goals that you set for yourself at the school? Um, I think by the time I left, the collective – Really, yeah. I mean, it, it was headed in the right direction. I think it's continued to grow uh, with all of you there. But I think we were able to glean amazing perspectives from some athletes, like Victory Shambusho comes to mind, who we interviewed. I mean, he has an incredible backstory about his refugee status coming over from the Democratic Republic of Congo. We ran other interviews with uh, Michaela Grodnachuk. That one sticks out in my mind. The effort she's done for mental health and sports on UBC campus and across Canada. She's really been, you know, a voice for, for mental health and athletes. And then some of the other ones, uh, Spencer Latu, before he briefly joined the collective, actually had a really great episode where I think we interviewed him or, or he interviewed a friend on uh, concussions in football and what that kind of looked like. So it's not just seeing who the athletes are, it's, it's seeing what they do off the field and the stories behind what's happening on the court or on the grass that I think CITR sports really excels with. As you mentioned earlier, there's just three of us when we started, but Liz quickly became our fourth member. We met her about a month and a half after we started uh, working uh, on the show at a UBC volleyball doubleheader. Liz, what was it that convinced you to uh, become part of the team? So just, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, when I was in China, when I was doing my uh, junior high in China, I was part of the, because uh, in China we have this uh, radio station for like, like so, so the teacher will select some of the students and then you each take care, take care of a show. And then I was broadcasting there as the uh, sports news broadcaster. And then I was like, oh, so this is actually some, sound like something that I used to do. And then I really want to pick it up and do something like, like this again. So I was like, yeah, why not just try it? But then I was super nervous and I don't know if I can do it. So it was like, uh, really, it's like, a, should I do this? Should I not? But then I was like, yeah, just give it a go. And uh, here, here's our Liz clip for uh, her first appearance on the show. Okay, now looking to the men's volleyball team, the men's team finished the 2017 season with a remarkable performance. So far, they've improved their season record to 11-1 and one and are currently ranked second in the Canada West. They're booming with offense. Currently, they have the highest serving ace count throughout the country with 107, and they're ranked set, uh, second in both kills and assists. Yes, Liz! Hey, Liz, you know what? Way better than me, so props to you. I was, and, really, I, was, I, was, I was shaking all the time, and I was so nervous. You, you could hear it a bit. I mean, it's better than my weird ASMR <laughs> <laughs> intro, so better, better than to you. Better than Jacob sounding like he's partially dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I did. I really did. I mean, it wasn't for, like, another full year, basically, after Liz joined that we got a new permanent member, and that was Corey. And, uh... Corey, what made you reach out and join? Because if I remember correctly, you sent out an email to Jacob that uh, got you part of the team. Well, sort of. Yeah. So uh, the way this happened is this was in my fourth year. Uh, I reached out 
in November, actually, of that year, and was kind of interested in the Sports Collective. Uh, and I talked to Jacob briefly, but then I was like, ah, I'm not really sure if I want to do this. And then I officially ended up joining in January. Um, I had a hell of a month in January. I like, I dropped out of the honors program. I broke up with my girlfriend. I was just like having an awful time. And so I decided to re-reach out um, and try and have, because I ended up with a bunch of free time all of a sudden dropping out of the honors program. So I decided to see if I could join and I talked to you folks. And I remember it was a pretty quick uh, entry process because you folks were looking for members, obviously. I came in and I sat in on one show and Jacob asked me after that show finished, he's like, hey, do you want to join in with us? And I was, yeah, sure. Sounded great. And then I did my training and I was on the next week. It was great. We were, we were always desperate for members at that point, <laughs> given that it had been like, so long. I like was low-key like, hey, yeah, like, you know, if you want to join, but internally, I was like, please join, please join, please join. <laughs> and now, Corey's first appearance. Yeah, the Thunderbirds have really picked it up lately. They started the season at 0-3, and they've now gone 13-4 and since that point, which is fantastic. And though they're more than likely not going to finish any higher than third in the conference, uh, these two commanding wins show that they can match up with anyone going forward. They're also now ranked in the U Sports Top 10 for the first time this season, currently sitting ninth. Wow. Honestly, honestly probably the best debut moment of like any hey, of us. Hey, let's keep in mind, though. I mean, we got to cut the rest of ourselves some slack. Corey was fourth year, background <laughs> in uh, improv, so that's kind of cheating. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm also trying count. to get myself off the hook for by far the worst <laughs> intro. <laughs> but, yeah, Corey, that was, that was impeccable. Nice. Oh, yeah, I think it was the, the worst. Uh, the uh, the improv ads. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The imp the UBC improv ad has been included in every single show this year. <laughs> That's awesome. Is it Corey's voice? No, no. But oh, okay. That that was. I think we discovered that on one of the shows that semester where it was just me and Corey because that was a fun time when it was literally just two of us. <laughs> and then we discovered the improv ad and we were just dying while it was playing. Like in the That theater. was the dark times where Lincoln Rosebush really tore you two apart. <laughs> Don't slander Lincoln Rosebush. Continue. It's nothing holy. All right, and Jacob, obviously there was a lot of change in who was on air over your three years um, in charge. But in what ways did you feel that both the show and the collective evolved from your time there? I think when I started out originally, the, the way that it had been passed on to me, or at least what I've been told, it was a very stat-heavy show on the radio. Um, they weren't really consistent about doing it every week. And that's why I was really trying to workshop it with Jake and then Eric early on, and then Liz as well, you know, just trying to pick up on all their perspectives. And I think throughout the time, we realized we needed to tell the stories of these individuals on the campus. And... I think at first we were just kind of trying to get anyone's voice on. And, and once we started to get the ball rolling, we realized, hey, we really need to include these female athletes, get out their perspective. You know, on a voice that you would think should be heard just as much, but it's really not in sports radio or sports coverage in general in media. And then we realized, okay, let's tell, you know, the, the stories of maybe what's not so pretty with UBC athletics. And we, we kind of looked at that a little bit. And, and that's walking a fine line because we're paid by them. So, it's trying to trying to do this balancing act there, um, but I think now, but that that sense of interest with interviewing individuals and then having this collective effort. I mean, the play-by-play -play aspect was not included in the sports broadcast role or CITR Sports before I joined. It was by chance that 
Someone up and left, took the equipment to China. His name was Jason. I'm outing him. And, <laughs> and uh, I had to fill in. And then since that, we've had a lot of people who have actually been able to help, whether it be in the play-by-play or color commentary roles. So that was a big change. And then, um, yeah, those interviews and, and really getting into the nitty-gritty of not just the basic sports coverage, but how sports intersects, politics, science. I think that's the best part that's came from the collective since I first joined. All right, and you covered it slightly in the beginning, but were there any things that happened or stood out to you that were unexpected at all? Yeah, I think when I first got hired, I mean, I was not expecting to have to fill in. And I remember I was speaking with uh, Len Catling, who at the time was the athletics director, and he said, hey, it's a sink or swim moment. Basically, you got to do this or you're not going to be able to do the job. And I was like, shoot. I remember just studying YouTube tapes. I mean, I had minimal basketball experience. I didn't play basketball growing up. I, a lot of my friends played and I watched some games, but I mean, I really had to learn like a lot of terminology. Um, and, and your question was relating to, to what I wasn't expecting, correct? Yeah. I guess I wasn't expecting it to grow. I mean, so quickly after the second year, we had just been the four of us, me, Jake, Eric, and Liz. And then we started to slowly get some more people who came in part time I think Spencer was one of them. We briefly had this other guy who was going to help us with media. He ended up doing like really great things in the tech industry. I don't even remember his name. Um, and then it really picked up like my third and fourth year here. Sorry, there's a wasp. Um, where, where it just kind of exploded in growth and we were able to do so much more. I mean, the video coverage with UBC was something I was not expecting for those interviews. To like expand into video content was really big because you, you have to reach audiences where they're at. And the reality is a lot of people don't tune in for radio, but if you have something that's permanent or at least semi-permanent on the internet and posted, people can view it at any time. And if you do the right job marketing that, more people are going to hear the great content that was actually being done all along at CITR Sports. Yeah, we had a lot of new people come in last school year. Not everyone is still here, unfortunately, but the first in that new wave of people were Alan and Byron who came in partway through their first year uh, what brought you guys in? Okay, I think I can start for on our behalf. So um, my brother and I, we did the uh, morning announcements from grade 11 to 12 at our high school. And that was when we kind of realized that like public speaking in a way was like fun and we wanted to do more of it. So on Imagine Day, um, my group was brought to like the uh, 101.9 FM station where we first like, we decided to try out the news collective. I think that's what it's called. Um, and then while we're trying that out, we realized that we actually knew like nothing about politics. So like we didn't really pursue it too much further. And then later we saw a poster on the wall. It was like for the sports collective. And we were like really interested in athletics during high school since we were competitive swimmers. And we reached out, we met Jacob and then the rest of the team. And it was like a super friendly environment. And then that's where we are here. So uh, I'm super glad to have gotten so much out of it, like having the opportunity to like interview Olympic swimmers or esports. And yeah, I look forward to continuing with the collective. Those posters. They, they I, I was just going to say, I'm so glad the poster actually brought someone in. <laughs> I, I spent way too much time. We didn't have a logo before. So I was working with uh, Ricky, who was the like arts collective director or the um, graphic designer at the time. I was like, we need a logo. We need to get posters up. So I'm glad it actually amounted to something. What about also, you, Alan? Um, yeah, I just have a funny story to add on to that. So like, um, 
when my brother and I first became interested in public speaking, I guess it was kind of <laughs> back when we were kind of like competitive gamers. So it was for like Mario Kart. And I think I mentioned this kind of before, but my brother and I were actually like some of the best um, in Canada. And actually currently I am, uh, I have the second fastest time in the world on one of the courses. But basically like we joined this really big channel with a bunch of like really well-known players. And then the thing that a lot of YouTubers do is that they try to make videos with commentary. And so we created <laughs> a video with some commentary and um, I'll just say that the internet is pretty honest about this kind of stuff. They can voice their opinions without any fear of like backlash. And so even though we had some positive feedback, there's some comments like, oh, these people, um, they've got a nice gimmick going on because they're twins, but if they want to continue, they definitely need to work on their, pers uh, their public speaking skills. And so we didn't continue with that channel, but I think it was one of the starting points in what made us uh, decide to go down this journey. So glad you were guilted into the collective <laughs> by online voices. I just want to say, like, oh man, online is actually scary. <laughs> Social media is ruthless. Yeah, I agree. People are like, people say anything, but yeah. <laughs> and when Alan and Byron started on the show, that was when we actually started properly introducing people when they were on their first episode, as opposed to just throwing them in with no explanation. So uh, here, here's uh, Alan and Byron's introduction. Anything you'd like to say about yourselves? Uh, nothing much to say. I'm a first-year science student. I uh, used to be a swimmer, and I'm just happy to be here, ready to try this out. And Byron, anything from you? All right, hello, hello. As Jacob mentioned, I'm the alpha twin, Byron Wang, <laughs> and I look, I look forward to uh, speaking on behalf of CITR Sports. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking on air, so please bear with me. This is my first time, but yeah, I'm really excited. Why does it sound like Byron speaking to like a megaphone? <laughs> He's excited. He's the alpha twin. Like, Don't remember the alpha twin reasoning. What, what what was the reason for me calling him that? I I, I can't I can't remember. I honestly, Did you I honestly forget. I thought it was like point. a self. I thought it was like a self title. Oh, a self oh, it was a self-described thing. Like uh, when we first met. That's funny. I think it was just a power move off the, <laughs> off the bat. Byron, are you older or younger? Uh, I'm younger by four minutes. That's what it was. You're overcompensating. <laughs> now, Mike, you were only on one show this past year before we went on hiatus, but what was it that made you uh, want to join the group uh, back in the spring of last school year? So, uh, actually, now that I think about it, um, I just have to also ask, Jake, did you happen to commentate soccer uh, at all last uh, year? At UBC? At UBC. No, I didn't. Okay. It's a couple so then, other people. So then uh, it's whatever. But um, <laughs> what ended up happening was that like just one day because uh, I spend um, I spend time in War Memorial in War Memorial uh, writing and covering for the UBC. That's how I just started off uh, my first year. And uh, I just happened to walk by the vending machines and I saw the poster. I was like, play by play? I really want to do play-by-play. -play. And so, like, uh, I just off the poster, it was like, hey, shot an email to Jacob, who was apparently in the hospital uh, when I emailed him. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I just got involved because I wanted to see what I could do. Because, uh, like, my, my entire life had, had just been spent, like, being a sports nerd and um, being able to contribute uh, like that was probably, like, the best I was like looking for how I could like contribute uh, my voice to UBC sports and not just in writing, but as well as over radio and hopefully eventually when the pandemic is all said and done uh, <laughs> during live events. 
at Jacob celebrating. You can't see it uh, since this is audio only, but when Mike mentioned the posters. The posters, man. Happy. That's three. Three <laughs> additions to the collective from posters. I'm, I'm glad my efforts going out in the rain and then like covering them with duct tape or however I did it or like clear clear tape uh, was worth it. And I, to- I totally forgot about you getting your appendix out as well yeah, like right near yeah, the end of was, last school year. You know what? Okay. Fun fact. My last semester due to the pandemic, due to that snow week, and then due to <laughs> missing an additional time on top of reading break due to my appendix being taken out, I, I had classes for a total of six weeks in person. That was it. <laughs> Just six weeks, my final semester. Crazy. Great way to end it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is is Diana still here, or is she? Did she have to? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay, she's back. <laughs> so, uh, Diana, you're the first person who had uh, their first appearance on the show be as an interviewee, and you also joined at basically the worst time <laughs> after we started our hiatus. You reached out after the episode that you were interviewed on. Which was Jake, our, I got I got to correct you here, sir. Did you forget about Claire Eccles? She technically interviewed. Oh yeah, was interviewed and then joined for a very brief amount of time. She was on a couple of shows, but out, I had out, to of, everyone, you, out of everyone who's here right now, yes, Diana correct, was correct. the first one to be an interviewee first. So, uh, why did you reach out about becoming part of the collective after you were uh, on the show? Uh, well, sorry, Jacob, to break the streak, but it wasn't the posters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, like, since I was young, I've always wanted to, like, become an announcer and, um, reporter or some sort, um, and sports broadcast journalism is what I've been interested in for so long, um, and you, oh, I I actually started off with the UBC, our student newspaper, um, and the UBC was, I kind of started off slow, but last year I got super involved with the UBC and I got close to Liz because, you know, she's the amazing photographer. Like, she was the photo editor last year. So, and um, this was, like, the time where, like, second term when people were kind of starting to say, like, Diana, you should try out for, like, sports or video um, editor position and whatnot. And at that time, I was my confidence was a little low. Um, and then after that, I got... I gained some confidence and then when Liz reached me out um, to interview about our UBC figure skating club with uh, Fuji and I um, and I think Liz and I had a couple of times when we kind of spoke about like um, her involvement her involvement with CITR and I said oh I would like love to get in like involved but it didn't really go through but after that interview and I just saw how very chill and it you know it's like yeah, it was it was a very nice interview, Liz. Thank you so much. I <laughs> I joined because of Liz, basically. But <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I joined. Um, I also wanted like more on air um experience because at, back then I've only had like video editing and just writing. So although right now it's not on air, it's all pre-recorded. Um, yes, it is really you know it's not what I expected, but. I'm just glad that I just started off um, getting involved and hopefully next year we can be on air, but it actually turned out well because I feel like because it's pre-recorded, I get a little more practice and <laughs> I think, yeah, so I think it's actually working and I hope we get back to the NASA studio. <laughs> yeah. um, I've Diana's, never been there. Diana's <laughs> never been inside the CITR studio, even though she's been a part of the collective 
uh, for a few months now. <laughs> and I, I believe I forgot to play Mike's intro, so we can play Mike's and Diane's. And, uh, Diana's. <laughs> Michael Lou, how does it do? What do you have to say to the people out there? Well, happy to be on board. Um, really excited to be a part of the show. And, well, couple that with my part-time job as a Quidditch player, it kind of just makes sense to be here. Hello and welcome to our show. Um, can you first introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, I'm Diana. I'll be treasurer for the upcoming year for our club. Jesus. Actually, Di I think that beats Jacob. I think I have the worst <laughs> one, no? <laughs> I don't know. It, I it, it's it's also different because you're you weren't be you weren't a host on that one. You were being that was, interviewed. I, I I didn't even realize that. That was so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, I think I still have you beat. At least you weren't ASMRing, you know, right after the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, um Jacob, you spent a lot of time at CITR. Um, do you have any particular favorite moments from the station and the collective that um come to mind? Great question. I wish I really thought about some of these things before this interview. Um, and, and it's really hard. Like, there's genuinely a lot. I mean, one of the interviews that stuck out to me um, that for that was really cool was the one we did with um, Grant Shepard. He was an Olympic athlete at the time, and I think that was kind of a big deal because we were working up. He technically hadn't started the olympics yet to my knowledge but i knew he was on the team it was the it was the commonwealth games not the, the commonwealth olympics. games right but he is he is now played with the national team at uh, different yeah. stages not at not at the olympics but um he, he's a national level player and i think for me that was like whoa you know we're actually interviewing some big names and later on we interviewed um the actual olympic swimmer now marcus thormeyer the twins did a great job with that interview and and we, we ended up also interviewing the other Olympic swimmer. Someone's got to help me with this. Emily Overholt. What was it? Emily Overholt. Um, yeah. Overholt. And then do you guys remember the the uh, older swimmer? He was trying to make a comeback. Oh, I interviewed him. Uh, Brent Hayden. Hayden. That's right. Hayden. And those were the kind of the moments I was like, wow, you know, like we're interviewing bigger names. <laughs> the Hayden interview had like CBC, some of the other networks there. I was like, I was just in my like sweatshirt. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, you know. We're making waves, no pun intended, with our coverage. Um, but outside of that, I mean, some of the best moments were just those late nights broadcasting. We'd be doing play-by-play. -play. I, I would be getting out late, and there'd be people helping the stat sheets, whether it be Liz or or um, I think Eric would do it. I, I can't remember. I think the, the Wang twins helped at one point with the stats. I know Corey might have chipped in, at least in the booth capacity, for sure. But I remember Jake and I would be riding the bus home and talking about the games late at night. Um, and I, I enjoyed the moments where we were able to bond just in the booth. I mean, it, it felt more like a family than a workspace, which I'm really appreciative for. I can't believe you didn't mention the Sonic movie. I think that was when we peaked well, as a collective. Well, we were able to bond. No, moments <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, we took a trip out to, where was that? Uh, was that Coquitlam? Metro Town, I think? Yeah, it was Metro, Metro Town. Town. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we all just watched Sonic the Hedgehog before it came out. I don't even know how that came to be. It's weird as well. Sonic moment. show goes down in the annals. That's one of the most legendary pieces yeah. of broadcasting work that not only that we have produced, but that has been produced <laughs> ever. I don't know how we that off and related it back to sports. But we were like, Sonic's fast, Sonic plays sports, so do UBC athletes. And it somehow works. <laughs> so our seats were like pretty bad because 
they were, there. We were like head. No. <laughs> front row, terrible, front, but front row, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob, if I can ask, you've me mentioned it to us all, off camera, but uh, what have you been up to since you've graduated? Yeah, um, like you said, I kind of talked about off camera, but big big news for me. I am engaged to my wonderful fiance, Alyssa. She's lovely. We have our wedding date set for November, so fingers crossed. COVID allows for it. It is an outdoor setting, so hopefully all goes well and people can get vaccinated. And we'll probably still have masking at the event, as I imagine that will be what's needed at the time. That's huge. And coincidentally, on the same day I asked her to propose, I got a call from a local news station that I applied for and then interviewed at called KPBS, and I landed a freelance reporter job. So that's what I'm still doing. Um, we'll see what happens at the company for me headed forward, but I've been able to be working pretty much 40 hours a week. I took over as the San Diego North County reporter, while the woman who usually runs that section of our uh, of our company is on maternity leave, and I've got to do some great stories. I interviewed Jason Mraz um, and some other local farmers up here, because Jason Mraz is a musician, of course, first, but he's also a, a farmer about the coffee industry that's exploded in San Diego. So that's probably one of my favorite stories. Done some live shots, and I've really been able to use a lot of the different techniques and skills that I learned at CITR Sports and in my career afterward. Yeah, going off of that, uh, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, my next question for you is that besides your, the technical stuff, um, what, are some, what are some things that you've learned from your experiences at the collective that's been able to help you since you've left? I think the most important thing that I learned is you always have to keep learning. Um, I was not necessarily prepared when I took over the CITR sports role for what was on the job description because that didn't accurately fit what was actually needed at the role. And I was always focused on, of course, creating quality content more than quantity content. But at the same time, I always wanted to expand what we did. And I think by producing different channels, I kind of like dabbled in social media, which helped get me some other jobs. Um, and then producing the video content, I mean, you, you can never be satisfied. You can be doing well, but I think you always have to keep growing. I think some of the, just being on air in general really helps being you know flexible, adaptable, being able to transition from one topic to another as you all have learned, I'm sure. Um, but most importantly, keeping a positive attitude through it all. I mean, if, if we've learned anything through this pandemic, perspective is everything. Um, I applied to 80 jobs before I got one interview. And I think sometimes it's just having, you know, that willpower to keep pushing through when the odds seem stacked against you, which is really kind of what sports broadcasting feels like sometimes. You're not getting interviews. You're, the interview's not going the way you think. You, you stumble on air, but you just got to keep going. That's all we've got for you. Is there anything you'd like to add before we uh, let you go? Yeah, I'm, I miss you guys. I mean, the collective was awesome. And I love my new job too, but it's different. <laughs> uh, I liked the creativity uh, at the collective, and I hope that's something that never stops being a part of what the sports collective stands for. Keeping, you know, push push boundaries and keep uh, wading into new new territories, uncharted territories in terms of what sports broadcasting can mean. The overlap I said earlier, you know, with politics, science, with the university itself, and and other aspects, mental health. I think that's really. It shows what sports 
can mean outside of just what happens on the court. So that's probably what I'm thankful for. I'm, I'm thankful for all of you for making me a better broadcaster and for being my friend all those years. Well, being part of the Sports Collective for the last few years has been a lot of fun. I hope that we are able to keep it going for a while yet. And you as listeners can help by supporting CITR through FunDrive, going to citr.ca slash donate to help keep ours and so many others programming on the air. Any amount that you are able to contribute is greatly appreciated. Thank you again to Jacob for coming back on the show once again, and uh, we wish you all the best. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on. Sugar. Let's get it on. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Corey Branson with the News Roundup, followed by Diana Hong with the Thunderbirds Alum of the Week. Another week, another News Roundup. Thank you very much, Jake. Not too many updates over the past seven days, but I'm still here to fill you all in. This last week, women's basketball programs from across the nation participated in Shoot for the Cure, a joint fundraising effort with the Canadian Cancer Society to raise funds for breast cancer awareness, initiatives, and research. This was the first time the event was held virtually, but UBC still managed to earn nearly $900 for the cause. Queens led the nation among individual teams with $7,200 raised, while the entire UNB athletic program banded together to raise just over $16,000. Lots of money for a great cause. Speaking of fundraising, we are now just under two weeks away from the 22nd annual ZLC Thunderbird Scholarship Breakfast, another event going virtual for the first time. This year, New York Liberty point guard Kia Nurse and Toronto Raptors assistant coach Jama Malalela will be the keynote speakers. If you're interested in donating to any of our athletic programs, this is your best opportunity to do so. Those looking to buy a ticket can visit the Thunderbirds website where you'll find all the information you need about the event under the Tradition tab. Former Thunderbirds rower Rebecca Marino has made it to the second round of the Australian Open Tennis Tournament. Marino played tennis professionally from 2005 to 2013, making it as high as number 38 in the world before she initially retired at the age of 22. 
She spent the next four years studying English lit here on campus while rowing with the varsity squad before she decided to return to tennis in 2017. Now she's playing in her first Grand Slam main draw in eight years. She defeated Kimberly Birrell in the first round and had a match last night against 19 seed Marketa Vondrasova. At the time of recording, we can't predict the future and know what happened in that match, but if she's still alive, make sure to follow her. Lastly, our women's hockey team is looking far into the future already. A few days back, they announced the commitment of Beaumont, Alberta's Jacqueline Fleming, a forward, will join the program in the 2022-23 season. And that's all I got today, folks. Stay tuned for the Thunderbirds Alumni of the Week. Thanks, Corey. This is Diana Hong, and here's Thunderbirds Alumni of the Week. This past January, three-time Olympian Brian Jones was named the latest inductee in the Canada West Hall of Fame. Jones was born in Regina, Saskatchewan, and grew up in Richmond. He started swimming at the age of five and trained with the Aquanauts and Racers or Rapids swim clubs. After graduating from Hugh McRoberts Secondary School, Jones joined the Thunderbirds in 2000. After Jones helped the Thunderbirds win their national titles in 2001, 2002, and 2003, Jones made a decision to take some time off from school to focus on swimming. Then he returned to UBC in 2005 with two more national titles for Thunderbirds in 2006 and 2007. As mentioned earlier, Jones participated in three Olympic Games, which includes 2000 Sydney, 2004 Athens, and 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics. As an 18-year-old, he finished 15th overall in the 200-meter individual medley, and at his last Olympics, he has earned 7th place in 400-meter individual medley and 5th place in 4 200-meter freestyle relay. Jones also held the world record in the 400-meter individual medley short course with a time of 402.72 from February 23, 2003 to December 9, 2005. He was a three-time Canadian inter-university sport CIS, also known as U-Sports today, male swimmer of the year in 2002, 2003, and 2007. While at UBC, Jones won... 33 of the 34 races during the early 2000s. He also won the 2002 Borden Ladner Jarvey Award as Canada's top male student athlete. After graduating UBC with Bachelor of Human Kinetics in 2009, Jones joined the coaching staff as a manager, then became the assistant coach during the 2011-2012 season up until the 2015-2016 season. During his time as the assistant coach, Jones graduated with a Master's of Kinesiology in 2013 and he was selected as a coach for Team BC at the 2013 Canada Games and an apprentice coach for the World Junior Championship team. After spending five years as an assistant coach at UBC, he is now the head coach and director of swimming at the Vancouver Pacific Swim Club in 2016. That is all for the Thunderbirds Alumni of the Week, but it is fascinating to see the legendary footprints that Jones has left at UBC. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. And again, this week is Fun Drive here at CITR, and we are looking for 
any amount of donations from you, our listeners, to help keep our show and the rest of the station on the air. We love what we do, and we hope that we can keep doing it for a while yet. If you are able to do so, please visit citr.ca slash donate to donate. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, Mike Liu, Diana Hong, and Alan and Byron Wang. Thank you again to Jacob Ayer for coming back on the show. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.